Hello, hello, hello. And guys, thank you so much again for tuning into another segment of The Locker Room. Thank you. Here is your host, Erica. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I guys, I hope you had such a great week, um, month, day, whatever, since the last time we spoke. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we have such a great topic. We are continuing our series, uh, Relationships. This is definitely part two, or you guys have heard, if you haven't heard, last week was such a heavy topic with relationships, but uh, this one was a little bit heavy oh lord (laughs) uh but lord willing we're gonna talk about whatever he wants us to talk about um so i just want to let's just start with prayer so heavenly father we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy and we just i just pray for the listener I pray that I am sowing a seed to good ground. May they not only be hearers of the word, but they also be doers of the word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so let's just get into it. So this is just, um, so the word of the day is bearing with someone. Yes, bearing with someone. So basically on Google, I had to basically find a really good definition. And um, (laughs) bearing with someone is being patient with that person. But if I could just add to it, it's basically being patient with them in times of adversity. Right. So we are called to be patient and loving with one another. Let me give you some scripture that I found. Um, In Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to persevere the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So this is Paul talking here and Paul is saying, I urge you, he strongly urges his people, God's people to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling that, uh, the Lord has called us to be, um, which involves us to be patient with one another, have humility and gentleness to bear with one another. And all of that basically coincides with one another. And we're all called to be that way with each other. We're supposed to act and think like the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, you, if you really think about it, how he walked with his disciples, they each had their own jobs. They each had their own responsibilities, but yet the Lord in a way reconstructed their minds so that they could all walk in a way that was pleasing to the father. So yeah, that's uh, basically what I want to definitely talk about today um, and talk about with relationships. But before I get into that, let me talk about the not so good part of relationships and in the part where you're not really supposed to bear with someone if it's definitely toxic. Uh, this was when you're supposed to walk away. Um, so let me just get into it. Let me just get into it. Um, Let's see, I hardly remember the years, but several years ago, I was in a very, what is the word for it, guys? It's crazy, toxic, for lack of better words, toxic relationship um, with a guy who is uh, very abusive. So I was with him, and um, I don't know if you guys listened to the last episode, but basically, I was known for going after someone's sloppy seconds. Uh, lo and behold, I did it again, guys. Same girl, actually. Same girl. Um, I went after my friend because she was known for being with a guy for only about two minutes. <laughs> she was prominently known for that. Um, and I definitely went after 
someone who I felt I could help or who I, yeah, basically long story short, I felt like I could help him. You can help him, but you can't change him. And that's even in scripture, guys. It says that one sows a seed, the other waters it, and it's God that makes that seed grow. It was actually Paul who was talking. Paul was talking to Apollos and they were talking to the, um, to the church. And they were saying that if I sow a seed to you all, someone else will come along and water that seed. And it is God that makes that seed grow. So I pray that each time you guys are listening, I'm sowing a seed to you all into good soil. Or maybe I'm watering that seed that's already been sown, but it is God that makes that seed grow. So with him, I, uh, I wanted to make him grow and I don't have that ability. I wanted to make him grow. Um, I have, I've known this about myself. I have such a nurturing personality. I want to help cook. I I take it back old school. I know it's, I know it's like, we're not in that day and age now, you know, women stay in the kitchen, but gosh, I love it. I don't care. That's me. But anyway, um, I was definitely with this guy who was really head over heels with my friend and she didn't want him. She didn't want him at all. And she figured out he was crazy. She, I don't know how she figured it out and I wasn't paying any attention to it. And I didn't care because I just, I wanted someone to fix because I was too, I didn't want to worry about me. Erica was crazy and I didn't want to look at my own issues. I didn't want to fix myself. I didn't want to spend time with me. I couldn't be alone. I didn't know how to be alone. So I went with someone else. I went and saw this guy and I thought I could help him because I saw something about him. He looks so innocent. And to be honest, guys, looking back on it, I think I saw a little bit of myself in him. I saw a little bit of myself in him, someone who was hurt and needed to be loved. That's all. Who just really needed some love. So, guys, (laughs) let me just tell you. Um, So we, uh, when, um, let's see, how did this happen? We actually met at church. Yeah, we met at church. And, um, well, he was, he was sweet. He was sweet. He was kind. And he seemed like he really cared about me. And I wanted to go towards anyone who showed me any bit of attention because I didn't have that and I needed it. I needed the attention. Um, so he, he was so cute. He was adorable. So I went after him. I went after him and I just said, Hey, let's hang out because I understand how you feel. You feel alone. And let me just be with you. Let me talk to you. And even though we were very active. We were in church, but you know, church wasn't in us guys. We talked about this before we were in church and church wasn't in us. So we were sexually active. If I can just, we're all adults here. We were sexually active. And, um, when my friend find out that he and I were dating, she just wasn't okay with it. But she said, you know what, if you want him, he's yours. I'm out. So she just stood on the sidelines while he and I dated. Um, as we became closer, I didn't realize it, but he came more and more possessive. Um, more and more possessive. He really didn't want me to go out as much with my other friends. He didn't want me to go out as much with other people. Um, especially guys. He was very insecure about that. And, um, sometimes not really wanting me to work as much. He really wanted me to just be home with him. Um, he had a full-time job and he had his own place. So he was doing really well for himself, except for mentally, you know, he just was not there. (laughs) 
So yeah, I would come home after work, come to his place. He would never give me the key to get in, but he would always let me in and I would have dinner ready and prepare for him. Sometimes dessert, we liked ice cream and, you know, I would just prepare these things for him. I wanted the husband, but I wasn't ready for the husband, you know? Um, so yeah, we just started dating and everything was great until one day something just clicked, guys. I just don't know what it was. We ended up having an argument and I guess I slammed down his um, globe, snow globe. I slammed down his snow globe. I don't remember breaking it, but I had it in my hand and I slammed it down. He said, you know what? Get out. I said, what? Get out. You ain't gonna be slamming things in my house. So I was like, okay. And I left and I left. Um, but I ended up coming back and he wanted me to come back. And that was just, that was it. That was pretty much it. It was, it was me slamming down things from the very beginning and him kidding me out to the point where I wanted to leave. It got to the point where I wanted to leave where he would no longer let me go. Um, and then he started putting his hands on me. That's where he became really, really aggressive. He would slam me down on the ground and he would push me on the ground and I would scream and tell him to get off of me and push me and he would punch me and he would choke me. He would do all of these things. He would really physically hurt me. Um, and I liked it, guys. I liked our dysfunction. I don't know. I was really into it. I was really into the dysfunction. Um, Wow. Looking back on it, I mean, yes, yeah, it was definitely crazy. There was nothing wrong with me and I stayed. But um, the best way that I could honestly describe it, it was as if he was the Joker and I was the Harley Quinn. He would badmouth me, talk about me, say these things about me. He was my baby. And I would go back to him. I would go back. I would go back, consistently go back to him. Um, there was one point where friends had to intervene. Friends had to intervene. And it was like, Erica, you don't realize what's going on. Why do you keep allowing yourself to get into this? Why are you doing this? And I had one friend who would say, Erica, you stuck on stupid. I said, what? What do you mean? What does that mean? You must be really stuck on stupid if you're going to sit here and allow this boy to hit on you and you consistently stay. I said, I'm, I'm not stupid. And I got offended and I didn't want to be her friend anymore until I told the guy I was dating at the time. He said, you know what? You don't need them anyway. You have me. We're good. But my friends, remember when we talked about at the very beginning, bearing with someone? So my friends, they, uh, they still didn't let me go. They still wanted to work with me. They still wanted to talk to me. They still wanted to help me and get me out of it, but I didn't want to leave. I felt if I left, then what else would I have? Um, I would go back to another girl and I just didn't want that. I didn't want to live in that nature because I wanted to be Christian. I wanted to be right. I wanted to have a good relationship. And I thought if I had a good relationship with a man, a dysfunctional man, it was okay as long as I wasn't with a girl, you know? So yeah, I stayed with this guy and, uh, it got to the one point where I like to host parties and I like to host events. So I ended up hosting in a party at his place and I invited all of our friends and everyone eventually left at the end of the night. And it just became me and my friends, he and his roommate. I forgot to mention that guys, he had a roommate. It was his cousin or his brother. I forgot at the time, but it was his cousin or his brother. But, um, but he basically lived with him and it was just us five in the house together. And we were talking and stuff and we were playing a game and it was like truth or dare. My boyfriend at the time, he was making me do things that a boyfriend shouldn't do in the game. And looking back on these things, why would I even allow myself to do this? But I even allowed myself to do it, allowed myself to get into it. 
And my friends came to me later, Erica, why would you even do that? And why would he allow you to even do those things in the game? That wasn't okay. It wasn't okay for you to act that way. And I'm like, it's okay, guys. It's just a game. It's all right. And I would stick up for him because I knew him and I thought he was okay. And I thought everything he did was okay. Um, I didn't realize he was very dysfunctional. Um, and to the point we became really loud and neighbors had to knock on the door and like, guys, you need to chill out because we were fighting and screaming at each other. And it, it got so bad, guys, that he would not let me leave. He would keep me at his place. He would keep hitting me and locking me up and tying me down, literally tying me, tying me down to the point I got so scared and I wanted to go. He would rip my clothing up and just, he was was just crazy. (laughs) I was just crazy. And I just, I left. Eventually I left and I I became a server at um, some restaurant and um, it was really nice for the time being. I can make some money. I was really good at it being a server. Actually, I wasn't. I was really lazy. I was a really lazy server. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I was a really lazy server. Um, I enjoyed talking more than I did enjoyed serving. So yeah, I made a lot of friends, especially guys. And that really upset the guy that I was with. But I broke up with him and yet he still showed up at my job and just stared at me. He would only order a drink. Meanwhile, while everyone was watching the game or playing games because it was like Dave and Buster's, but it wasn't Dave and Buster's. Um, meanwhile, while everyone else over doing their own thing, he just stood and he stared. He didn't order food. I don't remember him ever ordering food. It was always a drink and he just stared. And it was, it was a lot. And it was to the point where I had to get like my managers to walk me out to my car because he would come over and try to get me to come with him and pull me and snatch me up and things like that. And it was as if it was, I was his possession. He was not willing to let go of his prized possession. You know what? That actually reminds me of the story of Moses and um, Pharaoh. I was reading over in one of the chapters and in chapter eight of Exodus, Pharaoh was talking to Moses after they have had several plagues and several signs to prove that God was the Lord. Um, Pharaoh was like, okay, well, I will only send you away. Uh, He said, you have to come back and you don't go very far. Don't go very far. And he was being so possessive of something that wasn't his because the Lord proclaimed several times to Pharaoh that these people, these Israelites are not your people. They're my people. You cannot possess something that's yours. First and foremost, Pharaoh didn't even want them. He was oppressing these people so much. Um, not, that was a king before Pharaoh. It was another king, but still he didn't even want these people. He didn't want these people. He just wanted something to hurt. He wanted something to oppress. And that's what people do. Hurt people hurt people. So that's what my ex-boyfriend was like. He was like Pharaoh. He wanted to oppress me. He wanted to keep me under him so that way he can rule over me and tell me what I could and could not do. He didn't really love me. He just wanted to hurt me and keep hurting me because he had the ability to. He knew that I was already hurt on the inside, but it didn't matter to him. It didn't matter to him. He wanted to use me. I was I eventually tried to break up with him and end everything because I could no longer take it. My friends were like pressing me and I was, it was too much on my job to have him come and stare some days and surprise me at certain places. Just say, I could come back, come back. And when I would get back with him, he would 
eventually do the same thing. He would never change. He would always say, Erica, you made me hit you or look what you made me do and things like that. Like, really? I made you want to lay your hands on me? I made you do that? No. But anyway, so eventually I had to come to counseling. But how that worked out is um, I had to go to the store one day. I had to go to Walmart one day to get, to get something, something small. It was like only one thing to get something. I, I don't remember what it was, um, but I had to go and get something. And um, I went to Walmart and I was scared. I was calling my mom. I was like, mom, I'm, I'm scared to go to Walmart. I'm really scared. Please. I don't want to go. She was like, go, go, go to Walmart. You'll be all right. Carry your hips to Walmart. Do what you got to do. So anyway, I, uh, <laughs> boy, she was something. <laughs> I was, I went to Walmart and, um, I drove all the way there and I was scared. I kept looking over my shoulders, you know, just having the worst nerves, thinking this man is following me because he was known to do that. He was known to follow me wherever I was going. And I, uh, I went down this aisle and I saw one of my church members. He was a pastor. I think he was a pastor at that time. I don't remember, but I saw one of the ministers at the church and he was down the aisle. He was down the aisle with his family. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was so scared. I was so nervous. I was like, I never seen anyone outside of church <laughs> before. And I was like, this is so crazy. And I'm like, Holy Spirit. Well, I said, Lord, because I really didn't really know really of the Holy Spirit very well that you can use him. He's accessible for you. But, um, so I talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, this is you. Lord, if this is you, he will be at the exact same spot when I have to go and get my materials and come back. If he's there, that exact same spot, I will go and talk to him and tell him to help me with this whole situation. I will talk to him. So I said, okay. I talked to the Lord in my head. Because sometimes you have to do that. You have to talk to the Lord in your head. If it's something serious, you have to talk to him in your head. He knows your heart. If he, if you talk to him in, because sometimes if you say it out loud, there's a story in Nehemiah. I don't remember the chapter exactly, but there's a story in Nehemiah where Nehemiah didn't want to say it out loud what he was doing for the city. If he said it out loud what he was doing for the city, he knew the enemy would come and ruin it. I'm not saying that you should keep everything in, but there's certain things that you have to keep between you and the Lord until at the proper time he tells you it's okay to speak about it. So, but anyway, so I, um, I spoke to the Lord in my heart and he answered it. I went down, I went down the all the aisles, several aisles. I only had to get one thing, guys. I think it was feminine products. I only had to get one thing and I think it was feminine products and then I'm looking back on it. And I'm just, I'm so scared. My hands are shaking because, okay, the Lord is really about to answer my prayer. The Lord is really about to answer my prayer. So I'm like, okay okay, I'm taking my time. I'm walking slowly. And then eventually I was like, okay, go back. I don't even know if that was me or the Lord telling me. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm cringing. I'm like, okay, it's time. <laughs> so I, I walk back. I take my time and I'm walking. I'm walking so slowly, so slowly. I feel like I'm about to peeing on myself. I'm about to pee on myself because I'm so nervous. And finally I get to the aisle, guys. It happened. He didn't move. It was as if time stood still. I had to go to Walmart for feminine products. I do remember. And it was only that one thing. And I don't remember what they were looking at, but they kept looking at the same thing. And it was as if God stopped the time because it took me 30 to 45 minutes just to get that one thing and come back. And they still kept looking at some toys or something. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I went down the aisle and I talked to him. And I told him what was going on and I told him I needed help. And he said, oh yeah, okay, we got it. We'll handle it. 
he talked to me like he was some security guard. And if you know this pastor, he's such a, uh, God, he's such a great pastor. He's such a great pastor. He's an amazing pastor. Him and his wife, she's an awesome pastor too, man. Does she have a voice on her? Um, but yeah, so I, um, I spoke to them and I told him and he said, oh yeah, we'll handle it. We got it. We'll handle it. I said, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. So uh, we swapped information. We handled everything. And uh, lo and behold, they handled it. He got me in touch with this life coach. And the life coach set boyfriend at the time down. And he talked to us. Um, and then I had to eventually go to counseling with the church. And the church paid for the counseling. Um, it was an amazing, amazing counselor. Her name is Dr. Scott. Stacy Ote Scott. Dr. SOS. She's amazing. And she's, she warned me. She remember, I remember her warning me before everything, um, before we started our session. She said, I'm going to warn you. You're going to say certain things, but the Holy Spirit is going to also say certain things too that you won't say. And I got a little scared because I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, I, I've never known that before. I never knew that the Lord could do those things. So I started saying certain things but then she started adding to the things that I didn't say so I was like what are you what do you mean what are you talking about I mean just saying certain things I wouldn't say out of my mouth she started talking about my childhood and saying certain details and I'm like you weren't there but it was all the Lord speaking through her and I'm like wow so that's what the Lord will do he will he will provide the signs and miracles so that the people can believe that he is really, truly God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah God of everything. He will prove it to you through signs and wonders that he is that Lord. So anyway, um, he was just saying so much. And yeah, I was, I was listening. I was taking it all in. But then at the very end of it, she recommended this book to me um, by this author. The book title is Boundaries. I'm not a reader, guys. I... I read a little bit of it. I, I told her and I apologize. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so she took the, uh, she recommended the book and um, she said, you know what? At some point you're going to get tired, but until then be safe. And that was the last thing I remember her saying because I wanted to keep going back to my ex. I didn't feel I was worthy. I didn't feel like it was good. I was good enough. And even though I went to the counseling and the counseling helped and it really did, it helped, but I wanted to keep going back. I still didn't feel like I could be alone. I didn't know how to be alone. But the one thing she said at the end, at some point, you're going to get tired. Be safe. I was like, that took me, that took me because everyone else wanted me to get away from him. But I wasn't comfortable leaving yet. I wasn't comfortable with leaving. So when she said, just be safe, I was like, oh, shucks. I got permission. I'm staying. <laughs> and that is not what it meant at all. So I remember he eventually moved into another place at the time. And I remember coming over his house and he said, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. We're just going to do one thing. So I was like, what do you mean? You don't want to be in a relationship with me anymore. But yeah, I still stuck around thinking he would change his mind. Um, but still, he only meant what he said out of his mouth. It was just, it was just sex. That was just it. Um, and he would still push me a little bit, but that was it. He didn't want nothing else from me until eventually I guess he took counseling too. He started talking more with the life coach and he called me one day and he said, Erica, 
I just want to let you know something. And I said, what? I don't love you. And I never loved you. Oh, man, if anyone out there who hasn't ever heard that before, it's the most painful thing you can actually hear in the entire world. It's pretty painful to hear those things. I mean, like, it never? You never loved me? So I stalked him. I did. I stalked him. I stalked him. I started stalking him on social media. I started stalking him on everything, but he eventually blocked me. He blocked me. And it was so painful because I stuck around him when he broke into my Instagram account and deleted all of my photos and started posting obscene photos. I stayed with him. I stayed with him. I stayed with him after he called the cops on me when I hit him back. I stayed with him. I stayed with him each time he wanted to choke me. Each time he slammed me down. I stayed with him. But I was the dummy. I was the dummy. I needed I needed to feel loved. I needed it. I needed that attention. I needed that insanity. I needed it. It made me feel loved to have someone there. Even if they were dysfunctional. It made me feel good. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was it. That was it. He, uh, he basically went away that quickly. He shut me out. And I had to learn. I had to heal. And it took a long time, guys. He never came back. Never came back. That was the end of it. And it was pretty painful. It was very painful. But I, uh, I had to do the work. I basically tried my best to heal and be alone as best as I could. Um, but do you remember at the very beginning when I talked about bearing with someone? Um, those friends that I had, they were still cool. We were still cool. Um, I think we spoke a little bit because in our relationship with my ex, I had to push them away. And I wanted to take them back now that he and I went together. So that really didn't work too well with them because they were dealing with their own issues. But to go back to our topic from the very beginning when it said bearing with someone, to be patient with them in their time of struggle, to be patient with them in their time of adversity, to be patient, period. We all come from different walks in life. We all go do, through different things. But if you have someone with you who's genuinely trying to walk in your direction, 